Wives who honor God. In Genesis 2, verse 18 and 24, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Then Jesus adds in Matthew 19, 6, Then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Father, I just thank you for your word today, God. And I thank you that we would have open ears and open hearts, God, to listen to what you have to say, God. I know that you want this message to bring edification to our marriages, Father. And I know that you want us to see your truth, your plan, and your purpose, and your way, and how a wife should be towards her husband and how a marriage can be edifying and bringing light to your kingdom so I just pray all these things in Jesus name so today I really want to focus on this scripture of oneness and see how our actions and our conduct can be bringing separation or division into our own marriage so in Matthew 12 25 Jesus said Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. Every kingdom divided against itself will fall. So, I want to ask us this. Are we for our marriage? Are we truly for our husbands? Or are we for ourselves and our own wants and needs. We must have unity and oneness. We cannot be divided. A kingdom divided against itself will fall. So let's speak a little bit about double-mindedness. In James 1.7 it says, Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And if we recall in Genesis, it says that therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So in this double-mindedness that James 1 speaks about, we have to consider that when we married our husbands and consummated our marriage and we became one, it's no longer two, it's one. So if there's double-mindedness in action and in thoughts and opinions in our oneness as a marriage, then we're going to find that we are going to be unstable in all of our ways in our marriage because we're not running the same race, we're not having the same vision, we're not running with the same things for the kingdom of God. So uh, we are going to look at some scriptures from the a book of Proverbs and the wisdom of King Solomon. In Proverbs twenty one nineteen, it says, It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Proverbs twenty seven fifteen says, A continual dripping on a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Proverbs eleven twenty two says, As a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. Ladies, I can't emphasize this enough. Please do not gossip about your husbands. Don't go around calling your girlfriends to gossip about your husbands. Go to your family, 
to gossip about your husband's. If you need to share with somebody what you're going through, if you're dealing with a hardship or struggle with your husband, then go to a person that you know, that you can trust, and that is for your marriage. That's not going to just pity you and, oh, poor you, or, yeah, how could your husband do this or that or whatever? Because then what you're going to do is you're going to start ruining your husband's reputation before everybody else. Everybody that you go share this with, they're going to start seeing your husband in a different light because of what you shared and probably they won't necessarily be fighting for you and your marriage but they're gonna be fighting against your husband because of what you just shared so you want to find people you want to be surrounded by women that are gonna be there for you that are gonna encourage you they're gonna edify you they're gonna pray for you they're gonna pray for your husband and build up your marriage that are for your marriage and not against it in Proverbs 21, 9 and 25, 24, it says, It is better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. I want to say this. If your husband, if our husbands are having a bad day or they're struggling with something already, please let us not be the ones to make it worse. Let us not be the ones to start poking and try to upset them. I don't know why. Some of us just like to argue. I don't know. Some of us like to pick a fight. Please don't pick a fight with your husband. If they're already in a bad mood, if they're already dealing with something, be there to encourage them. Be there to lift them up. Don't be there to upset them even more. Uh, So when we look at these different scriptures, I believe that all of these should help us to examine our own hearts. To ask ourselves, why do we do the things that we do? Are our motives pure and selfless? Are they to build up and edify our husbands? Or are our motives selfish and all we're seeking is our own well-being and it's all about self-preservation? There are two things, very, very important things that I want to speak about. We cannot deny that God has given a special favor to women. We have this favor in our lives over men. We have this gift from God to persuade or influence our husbands. And it's not a bad thing because we can influence them in a great way. We can persuade them to see things in a great way but unfortunately we can also use that favor that God has given us to manipulate our husbands or to persuade them or influence them in a negative way we don't want to be women wives that manipulate our husbands they use the favor of God to do evil to manipulate them to make them see things or do things that would end up benefiting ourselves and not them not necessarily our marriage but ourselves and the second thing would be to speak about the fear of consequences when submitting to our husbands so first peter 3 1 4 says that wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands that even if some do not obey the word 
And I really, really want to highlight that because a lot of women believe or say that, oh, I would submit to my husband if he was walking in this way or in that way, if he was really a godly man, if he was doing this or if he didn't act that way. But the reality is when we look at the word of God, it says, wives, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word. So it's acknowledging that there are men that are not necessarily obeying the word of God. But even then, we are to submit ourselves to them. So that they, without a word, meaning without women, the wife having to speak anything, to say anything, may be won over by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle, quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. So, I believe one of the biggest reasons why, as wives, we are hesitant about fully submitting to our husbands is because a lot of times we don't trust them or we fear the consequences that might come by their decisions we don't we don't see them as the leader of the home or the man of the home that can make good decisions for our family so we don't trust them to lead them and therefore we don't submit so what we start doing is we start using manipulation or or the favor that God has given over our lives in a negative way, in an evil way, to manipulate them, try to convince them to not go through with their decision because it's going to affect us in a negative way. But the question here is then, do we trust God? Do we submit to God's word and then allow him to handle the situation? That if there is a negative consequence that's going to happen, that we can trust God that he will make it right. Or that we can even pray for our husbands and pray that God would show our husband the error that they're in if it is that they're in an error. Because a lot of times it could just be our perspective. We're just not seeing what they're seeing and believe that they're, they're wrong in the decision that they're making. But it is very important that we realize that the word is speaking here in first period three that we don't win them over by the things that we tell them or how we try to convince them about something but they're won over by the conduct of their wives when they observe our chaste conduct accompanied by fear and it's the fear of the lord and it's not just our outward apparel or adornment but it's the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. So submission to husbands, it's such a big deal in marriages. And it does say submit to your husbands even when they don't obey the word. Now, I want to clarify that I didn't bring this message or I'm not speaking these things to bring condemnation or a curse, but I brought this message because I truly believe that we want our husbands to be the best that they can be. We want them to fulfill God's purpose and calling over their lives and ultimately leading us as their wives or if we have children, you know, as their children to fulfill 
a kingdom purpose. We want them to be successful in living the kingdom life. And it will only happen when we lay down our selfishness, when we lay down our self-preservation. So I'm here today to bless you. I'm here today to encourage you. I'm here today to bring hope and to say that God is willing and able to restore any situation any things in the past that have been made wrong he's able to make it right by his spirit i believe that he is able and willing to do it so how can he do this how can we see this come to pass jesus said if anyone desires to follow me let him deny himself so first thing this is not about me 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 this is about laying our selves down denying ourselves to follow him and to follow his word uh, in Matthew 5 8 we see that blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God it is so 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 important that we keep our hearts pure from any bitterness and from any unforgiveness I understand that things can be done to us, words can be said to us that can be very hurtful, but we need to guard our hearts. We need to protect our hearts from allowing things to carry on, from allowing unforgiveness to enter, from allowing bitterness to be in our hearts because this will eat us up and this will, for however long it remains, hinder us from walking in unity with our husbands when we are carrying around unforgiveness when we don't have that purity in our hearts i i really want to emphasize on this don't continue seeing your husband by what he has done to you in the past by the words that he has said to you start seeing your husband by who he is created to be by who god says he can be because he is created with a purpose and potential don't hold on to things forgive and forget think of how God himself has forgiven us and reconciliated us to him think about how in his word it says that he will cast your sins into the sea of forgetfulness because a lot of times we can say well I can forgive but I can't forget but yet that's not what our father does he does forgive and he forgets he doesn't bring it up against us anymore when we come in repentance and he forgives us he's not holding it against us he's not going to bring it up the next day and remind us of how we messed up in the past that's what the enemy does he's the one that brings condemnation and guilt and shame not our father so let's keep our hearts pure and and truly forgive our husbands and forget move forward from what has happened in the past Another scripture is Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Again, like I said earlier, let's stop trying to pick a fight with our husbands. Let's stop trying to point things out that are wrong or nagging about things to upset them. Let's be peacemakers. When we see that there's an issue, let's be the ones to bring the peace in the situation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Ladies, do not find your identity 
in the evil words that your husband has told you. Don't find your identity in how you have been mistreated. That is not who you are. You're not the one that's been called names. You're not the one that's been pushed around. You're not the one that's that's been called unworthy or undeserving. You find your identity in Christ. You find your identity in who he says you are and that you are a new creation in him and that you are his daughter and that you are his heir. You are his bride. You find your identity in what Christ says about you what our father speaks about you and not what the world including your husband has to say about you let's see here now we already looked at what things uh we can see in the book of proverbs that can hinder our marriage now let's see things that are helpful for our marriage that we want to walk in for the good of our marriage in proverbs 31 11 and 12 it says the heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. So, let's be a safe place for them. Let's be a place where they know that they can be vulnerable. That when they share something, we won't immediately judge them, but hear them. That they can trust us. Let us be a place where if they had a hard time at work or a hard time with the family member or friend or, or something happened that they know that they can come to us and share their heart and share what's going on without the fear of correction or rebuke from us or well you shouldn't have done this or you shouldn't have done that but instead that we can listen to what they have to say and make them feel like they have a safe place where they can be vulnerable and just share what's in their hearts that they can trust us in proverbs 19 14 it says houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers but a prudent wife is from the lord so i do know that we're probably at different situations with our own husbands some may have husbands that are full on board with the kingdom and with you know just doing kingdom things in kingdom ways others um, we may have husbands that profess Christ, but maybe they walk, uh, they lack in their walk and others might even be unbelievers. But the truth is that that does not change the fact that you are one with him and that our father's heart is for us to have a godly marriage that honors him and that shines the light to everybody around us. No matter what our situation is, the Father can redeem it, the Father can restore it, and the Father can make it everything that He created it to be. In Proverbs 18, 22, it says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So my prayer is that we would be the ones through whom our husbands are favored and blessed by God. It says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So the favor for these husbands, it's not coming from their own. They, they received it on their own, their own way. They're actually receiving this favor, this favor from God because they have found a wife. And that is a good thing. So let us be those wives that are good to our husbands and that through us they obtain favor from the Lord. I know that we cannot change them. 
We cannot change what they do, but we are responsible for our own actions. In 1 Corinthians 7.14, it says, For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by his wife. Let us be the wives that make the difference. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So I know it's not easy. I'm not in your homes. I don't live with you. I don't know what your day-to-day looks like. But what I do know is that God is for unity. He is for selfless love. He is for marriages to be restored. And he is for the works of the devil to be destroyed in every household. Be encouraged. God is for us. And I know we can say it's easier said than done. But let me tell you this. How about it's easier done than understood. If we start walking it out. If we start applying these things. We'll realize that it is easier done than trying to understand how it's going to work. And how it's going to happen. I've already tried it. And. It hasn't happened and it hasn't happened. Well, let's not put a time frame on faith and on God's word. Perseverance is a very real thing. Perseverance means you keep knocking until it's opened. Perseverance is not knock and knock and it doesn't open and then you stop knocking because it didn't open. That's not perseverance. Perseverance is you keep knocking until the door gets opened, meaning the only time when we stop knocking is when we've achieved it, when we've gotten there. So if you've tried it in the past and it didn't work, you gave up. It was not that God's word failed. It's that we stopped persisting. We stopped persevering. So this time we're going to keep going until we see it happen. I know that God is able and willing to do it. I know that. Do you? In Hebrews 10.36 it says, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. We have to have that confident trust in the Lord that He is going to make it happen. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will then you will receive all that he has promised. Okay. Did you listen to this? Go and read Hebrews 10.36 right now. It says, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. It's not trusting in you. It's not trusting in your husband. It's trusting in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will and then you will receive all that he has promised. Right before sharing this lesson on marriage with the ladies the other day, I asked my husband, if you were the one that had the opportunity to share with them uh, about marriage, what would be one thing that he would share with them. And he had a lot of things in his mind, but he decided on one. He said, don't let things linger. And oh, how important it is. This is part of keeping our hearts pure. 
not letting unforgiveness have an inch in our lives, have any room in our lives, bitterness. Do not let things linger. When we do this, it gives room for bitterness. It gives room for unforgiveness. It gives room for hardness of heart. And then it can lead to secrets because then we stop, hold, we begin to hold things from our husbands. We're not being transparent. We're letting things stack up and add up. And then one day we blow up. This gives the enemy a way in with no strings attached. You will never know that it was him. You won't see it coming. You won't be able to blame him. He will work behind the scenes with no strings attached because we have let things linger. We have let things add up. Please keep your hearts pure. Do not let things linger. If you're not able to share with your husband, go to God. Go to your sisters in Christ. Go go to somebody that you can trust. Go to somebody that can pray for you. Go to somebody that can help you be free from that, that you can confess to, that you can repent before. This is so, so, so important. So I ask you today, Are you ready to forgive and to let go? Are you ready to see a change in your marriage? Are you ready to see your marriage fulfill its true calling and purpose, which is to multiply God's image in this earth to be a light to all those around us? For that, I got to say we need to get rid of pride. We need to get rid of rebellion. It has to go. So spend some time with God. You know, ask yourself these questions. If you're ready to walk in this new way, in, in a different way that you haven't walked before. And if you're already walking in it, well, praise God. I pray that this has encouraged you even more to continue running the good, uh, the race. To continue fighting the good fight of faith. And to continue contending for your marriage. Um, even though personally, even though me and my husband have a great marriage, there's still a lot of times where there's opportunities for division or arguments to come in. And it is completely our decision if we allow these things to rule over um, instead of what God has already spoken, instead of what God is clear in his word that he says, this is the way you should walk. So the opportunities will always be there regardless of where we're at. But I just pray that as you uh, dig deep into these scriptures and, you know, be vulnerable before the Lord, be honest with yourself, and that you would choose to honor God with your marriage, to be a wife that honors God. Just, I thank you guys for listening, and I just pray right now that everything that has been shared would be sealed in your heart that God would be able to speak to you and if he highlights anything that you would be able to apply it to your own lives and uh, if you're single then when the time comes for you to be married if this is God's will that you'll remember these things and it'd be something that you can be ready to apply in in your marriage and if marriage doesn't come then that you can be definitely a sister in Christ that stands for her sister and their marriage. Somebody that's there to contend for the godly marriages around you and, and be stand there to support and to encourage and to guide. Why not to guide them 
just through the word of God. And just be blessed in Jesus' name.